It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome back, everybody. It is theosmo.com, as my YouTube plays in the background here. It is theosmo.com, MLB DFS strategy show. Down to two gamers. Hopefully, everybody had a good, profitable weekend. And uh, at least on the sites, you can see the payouts. Uh, I am joined by a familiar guest, someone I haven't done a show with for a while, though. Adam Scherer. Adam, how's it going, man? What's been going on? Just been... uh, I guess I haven't really talked to you since you started crushing NHL DFS and becoming a pro in that. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a while. Um, I guess not having MLB strategy shows in the morning for uh, a lot of the summer yeah. um, threw, threw things off, but yeah, pretty good. Uh, playing every DFS sport and uh, it's, it's, it's been fun. How have you been? Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Same, same kind of thing. Not, not doing super hot in some of the big ones, but I saw you were playing MMA and uh, obviously NHL when that was going on, NBA, NFL. Um, yeah, dude, it's been it's been a crazy past couple months. So nice to finally be on here with you. Uh, I guess, first of all, we should probably just talk about general 2 game strategy. Terry and I talked a little bit, um, but for these short slates, I mean, what are you looking at as far as um, like uniques, are you looking to go down to one unique? Do you think you're going to need to hit the absolute optimal in order to be live to win a tournament here? Um, do you allow hitters versus pitcher? And then how much comfortable in general are you Are you willing to leave on the uh, table? How much salary? Um, so if you have any thoughts on those, we can get those out of the way and uh, then start breaking it down here. Yeah, I mean, in, in general, I think it's just being really flexible because obviously with four offenses and four pitchers going, like there's – not uh, there, there's not a ton of options. So I think it, it typically on short slates, regardless of the sport, it kind of the, the pendulum kind of swings to the point where even if you're doing things that, you know, are, are somewhat suboptimal, it probably makes up for it. in the fact that it ends up being contrarian. And when you're trying to not chop a tournament a million ways, being different is, is so important on these slates. So I don't worry too much about, you know, doing something kind of unusual. Like, obviously I'm not, planning on running like five man Dodger stacks and Max Fried in the same lineup or something, but you know, getting two hitters against my pitcher or whatever is fine. I don't worry too much about the salary either, especially in baseball, just because, you know, again, I think that if I'm leaving more salary than I'm, I'm comfortable with, it probably 
it probably it's just helping me be contrarian. So I'm not really too worried about that either. Um, I think that stacking is kind of an interesting topic. Like we had already talked about it, Josh and I on, on previous shows, as the slates get smaller in the playoffs, you know, you kind of could make the argument in, in both directions, you know, one being that stacking is, is less important because there's less teams playing. So there's less of a chance of, of one team going off the other side being that with good pitchers going, it's harder to get good one-off plays. So getting them off from the same team makes sense. Just hoping that you get a pitcher on a bad day. Um, so I think that with, on a two game slate, I'm probably just going to go to, to smaller stacks, maybe some like three twos or, or something like that, you know, getting guys from the same team, that I'm going to play anyway, kind of in, in lineups together, but also not forcing five mans because the chances of one team scoring a ton of runs isn't really that high. Yeah, that, that all um, makes a lot of sense. I usually, I'm probably going to allow like two to three even uniques, uh, or I'm sorry, guys against my pitcher. Yep. Um, honestly, I don't think you're going to get most lineups with three. Um, so you got to keep that in mind. You might get like one or, or even zero, um, depending on which site you're playing, but definitely one probably upwards of, of three um crazy things can happen on a two-game slate like you could see a pitcher pitch four innings and be in the optimal because no one else really uh goes off but if he has a bunch of strikeouts um you could see the stack go off against him or two or three hitters go off against him or against his bullpen even though he has a pretty good game so i think you you're probably i haven't studied a ton on these slates but you're probably gonna have to hit closely optimal if you're talking about like the 50k to first um, yeah i would think so so yeah someone's gonna hit the absolute nuts um do you consider relievers at all on this on these slates or is that just kind of for showdown only i mean it, it kind of depends on the pitching like i'm pretty sure on two game slates in the past i have done it but on this particular slate i don't think that i would you know there there's no there there's obviously no clear bulk guy but also all these pitchers are like legitimate starters so I'm expecting if all goes well, you're expecting these guys to go at least four or five innings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if not more. And then once that happens, you kind of get to the point where the relievers coming in are typically giving you an inning or an inning plus. And so you're kind of guessing like, like if you go the, the reliever route, you're guessing one at what relievers are actually used. And then two, your upside is like they pitch one inning and get, you know, three strikeouts. So the absolute nuts is that you got like six points or whatever. Um, right. And so I, I, I don't, on this particular slate, I don't, I don't think I'll go that route. Plus the hitting pricing has been soft enough, uh, you know, and quickly looking right now, it looks like the same thing on DraftKings. Like there's two hitters on this entire slate that are $5,000 or higher. Acuna's 5k on DraftKings, Betts is 5,200. Those are the only two that I, I see. So there's no real reason for me to be trying to save money going from like a $7,300 McCullers to a 4k guy that might not pitch. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Eric in the chat says, thanks for doing these LV shows. Yeah, a little bit earlier today, uh, we've got a jam-packed day of, uh, of shows going on. So just to, to preview, um, let me see if I can find my spot here. Uh, coming up after this, we're going to have the NFL strategy show. So we move that back, replace that with MLB because we've got an early uh, live before lock show. These games don't start at the same time if you guys are unaware, 407 Eastern is going to be lock time and then the other game will be later so they don't overlap as much um after that we've got uh, adam will be back again on the nfl strategy show with Lafayette and josh you're still doing that show right since you're doing this the nfl show yeah 
Yeah, I call that one the mental health show. So yeah. <laughs> uh, usually not all three of you guys win. And so I can, uh, you know, one or two of you maybe win, but um, I can relate to uh, some of the mistakes that were made. So yeah, I really like watching that show. Whenever you can watch shows where people talk about losing, it always makes you feel better. It, it actually does. And it's, you know, like, I don't think people do this as much anymore, but like back in the day, uh, when DFS was easier, like more people, like more of your brand name, DFS, Twitter personalities were winning. Um, it would seem like no one ever lost. So if you were losing, you were like, man, I, I must just be a complete, you know, donkey here. Oh yeah. The, um, like there, there's so many just kind of like mental games with DFS, especially if when, when you're losing, but like, that's one of the things that sucks about Twitter um, is like, obviously you're, you're seeing, you know, 90% of the time you're seeing people win or you're just not seeing anything at all. And it, it, it can really get in your head when it's just like, man, like I'm getting my ass kicked over the last week or two and everybody else is winning. Like it, yeah, it's definitely uh, refreshing to just hear people don't always win. That's why lineup study is great. Yeah. Look at your own lineups. Look at the pros, you know, some of the top names, names you respect, uh, and just maybe sort by, um, I guess, sort by losses uh, in the tournament and just see, like, how bad it could have been or how bad some of these guys uh, lost money on this particular slate that are also really good players. So I try to remind myself that show is a really good um, show for that uh, talk over process any mistakes that were made, things that you guys did well. So I'll be sure to tune into that one. Uh, after that, we've got uh, the Fantasy Football Waiver Wire show. I don't believe that one's going to be live. It'll be pre-recorded, but that'll be pushed out uh, later this afternoon once I get that up. And then uh, PGA First Look uh, with Jason and Jeff Ulrich. MLB live before lock uh, tonight. And then obviously no NBA tonight. Lakers closed that out. We were surprised at the result of that at all. No. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think so. After the the couple injuries in game one for the Heat, I think. Yes, yeah. I mean, I was, I was surprised it went six games. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty good game five. Um, not so much in the game six, kind of over before it started. But let's get into the couple MLB games. Houston and Tampa Bay is going to lead us off here. Tampa Bay about a minus 130 favorite, 3.8 implied total for the Astros, 4.3 for the Rays here. Lance McCullers and Charlie Morton on the mound and uh, both reasonably priced uh, looking on da- on DraftKings. 7,300 for McCullers, 7,100 for Morton. On FanDuel, 7,500 for McCullers, 8K for Morton. I'm not sure there's necessarily like a must-have option in the slate. There's no like Garrett Cole or someone I think you have to have in your lineups from a pitching perspective from these four. I think they're all pretty much in play, which is nice. We don't have like the opener, you know, or bullpen game or something like that. This being the second game of the Tampa series and the first game of the Atlanta series. So they got a few days off. Um, but if you had to choose one of these pitchers, um, who would you be going after McCullers or Morton? I'd go to McCullers. Um, I, I think that, and the reasoning is just that I think there's more strikeouts in the Tampa Bay lineup. Both of these lineups are, are dangerous, but you do have more strikeouts from Tampa, whereas Houston, even even during the regular season when they were struggling offensively, they're still a, a difficult team to strike out. McCullers has really kind of been up and down this season. He started out the year really poorly. Um, his curveball wasn't working like it should. And he's always a pitcher that's really difficult for me to kind of gauge 
like how he's pitching too, because he's such a unique pitcher. Most of the stuff that you would look at and go go to in like Brooks baseball to, to try and figure stuff out is kind of useless because he's just so unique and it's, there's no, there's nothing you can look at and just say like, Oh, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. But he is coming off of um, his last start against Texas um, 16 and a half percent swinging strike percentage, which is good to see. He's been in double digits, uh, three starts in a row now going back to the middle of September. So um, that's good to see. He, or sorry, that was two starts ago. Um, last start was the fifth against uh, Oakland. He he struggled a bit, um, but I think that the the strikeout upside is a little bit higher from Tampa. Um, it, it's it's a boomer bust spot because again, he's basically someone that if his curveball is not on, he's very reliant on it, so it becomes difficult for him. But um, I, I do think the strikeout upside is there, and he's pretty cheap. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I would go with McCullers as well, but. Terry, he's a guy who Terry and I have talked a bunch as we've been doing more strategy shows together lately. Like we can't really predict when he's, when he was going to have a good start for a while. He looked pretty poor for a while, had a couple uh, big starts in there. Like we're still missing bats. So we were kind of always in on him, but it's, it's just one of those guys that um, because of the amount of bats he misses, I'm pretty much always going to have some interest, especially on a two game slate here. Um, ownership is going to be key here. Uh, and if you want to look at the top pitchers tool, it is free for today. So I think, let me see if we have ownership updated. Top, top pitcher tool gets updated uh, as ownership gets updated. So we just got an update, actually. And uh, looking at these two guys, if you're talking about DraftKings, again, you guys can see this for free, MLB top pitcher tool. Um, Max Freed is at a 46.1% chance of being a top two pitcher on DK. Uh, 31% ownership. Morton, 44.5% uh, uh, chance of being a top two pitcher. 46% ownership. I don't know why I mentioned Freed off the bat there. I'm thinking of uh, McCullers. He's technically a little bit over-owned. He's above 60%. McCullers and Bueller getting the most ownership, and then Morton and Freed uh, after that. So McCullers slightly uh, over-owned, I would say, but I don't think there's anyone ridiculous that's being played because there's only four options today. So yeah, top picture tool is, uh, is really awesome. And you can imagine how useful that is uh, for a two game slate. Have you figured out a, a good way to uh, work the top picture tool into your process? I know you have the top stacks in there. Um, how, how do you use the top picture tool? I use the top two percentage just as kind of a more accurate way. Cause one big thing, do I, one big thing I do across sports is obviously comparing chance of success to projected ownership and using that to kind of determine, you know, leverage I'm getting in lineups. And it's difficult in baseball because you, if you're trying to be accurate, you can't uh, kind of figure it out as, as easily because um, results aren't normally distributed. So it's, it's not as easy to do. So I use the top two pitcher percentage as, you know, the, the proxy for, you know, what basically what ownership should be more or less. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of ways I've heard people use it, but it is a really cool tool. Um, if you don't know how to run simulations, you don't have to because Alex does them for you. And uh, you guys can check that out for free today. Shout out to Nightbot for putting that in there. Um, click on that link right there if you would like to uh, to take a look. Now, Morton against the Astros here. I guess, what do you make of the Astros? Since we haven't done many shows together, we've got a little bit of time here. Uh, are you of the mindset that they like the cheating wasn't actually helping them that much and they are this good of a team? I know they didn't have a good regular season, but that's a 60-game stretch. And like 
any team can have a bad couple months stretch and then turn it on in the playoffs. Like they still have a really, really good top six or seven hitters here. Right. I mean, it's, I, I kind of thought the whole thing was overblown because for one, if you went back and looked at their like home and away stats, uh, when they were cheating, at least going from memory, because I looked at it like right when it all came out, I don't remember being it really saying what I thought it would like, um, you know, looking at underlying stuff like chase percentage and, and stuff like that at home. Um, it, it wasn't as drastic, if I remember correctly, as you would expect it to be knowing what pitches were coming. Um, and then also, you know, you still want to think about it, it for the most part, these guys were all top prospects. Like Jose Altuve kind of came out of nowhere, but Springer, Bregman, like these are top prospects, Kyle Tucker, Correa. These are all guys that were supposed to be very good major league baseball players. It's not like you have a, a team full of guys where it's like, man, how did these guys all get good? Oh, they were cheating. Like they're, they're still the assumption should be that they're going to be a very, very, very good offense. And then I think that you kind of just got confirmation bias when they struggled, like you said, over 60 games uh, during the regular season, like the chances of the Astros going from what they were offensively to like a league average offense, just because of not doing whatever it was they were doing before uh, in home games is just so low. So I still view them as a very good offensive team. And as I mentioned before, uh, they still don't strike out. So even when they're not very good offensively, they still are, are difficult to take pitchers against. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same mindset. Like they just, maybe they got helped a little bit by the cheating. Um, maybe it was more of a mental thing for them, like knowing what was coming. I was going to say, that's um, my, my guess is that it probably had more to do mentally than anything else. Yeah. They, I don't know. They're just really awesome. And uh, so they had this bad stretch. People are saying that they wouldn't be doing this if they were fans in the, in the stands, but like, I don't know. Like, I think the other way around, actually, like they, if they could silence these booing crowds and stuff, with these home runs they're hitting in the playoffs, like they'd be like probably feeding off that even more if you're into that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I, I just think they're an awesome team. They didn't have a good, uh 60 game stretch and that doesn't really matter they're probably still going to be a, a good team um to come so not really a team you love taking pitchers against because they've got a bunch of guys with low k rates um but is there anything you like in the morton versus astros matchup here well you mentioned the ownership between morton and colors i do think that's interesting to look at because i don't think that they're very different in terms of expected outcomes they're they're both they actually come in this season with the exact same strikeout percentage of 24.7%, uh, except for Morton's 401 for McCullers, it's 368. Like they're, they're very similar in terms of what they, they do from a DFS standpoint. They're both like their innings projections are, are very similar. So even though the, the strikeout matchup is tougher, and I think, you know, as I said at the top, I think McCullers is the preferred option. I don't think the ownership gap should be too big between these guys. And I think that's reflected in the the top pitchers tool as well. You know, you mentioned McCullers kind of being overowned, Morton's ownership coming in about where it should. So I, I think that um, you potentially, it, it's something to pay attention to. Like if the ownership gap widens, then you can start getting to Morton. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is a tough matchup for him. I mean, uh, so if anybody doesn't know, FanDuel is still not paid out yesterday. Not not bashing them. You know, people have issues. Um, and I was just scrolling through my tabs, and I clicked on a, a Discord that I'm in. And a guy in there was asking Dave from FC, who has all the information on FanDuel. He ran it, and he can see, like, who won contests. And he was like, can you run the, the uh, luxury box on FanDuel? And Dave was like, yeah. And then 
turns out the kid who asked and the guy who asked ended up winning it for 20 K. So it's just, it's just crazy that someone else can see that, uh, have all that information before the site can, uh, yeah, I, I, see, I, I see Dave on Twitter posting the winners from FanDuel. Yeah. I, I I totally forgotten about it. I was just like, okay, why is Dave like blowing up my timeline and just <laughs> telling me who won FanDuel tournaments? But yeah, it makes sense. That's crazy. Um, have you played a lot of NFL Showdown, Adam? Yeah, I, I've been playing uh, I, pretty much every slate this year. Yeah, so have I. It has not been going well. I had a cup. I've had a couple of sweats, and I obviously didn't take advantage. Nothing I could do, but lost one on the last play uh lost one with like a minute or two left um pretty big splits both times and ended up uh not cashing in but been having some fun playing showdown and if you guys want to have fun uh as well we really beefed up our um our express nfl package it stayed the same price it's under four dollars under a starbucks cup of coffee per day as uh, as they say in the biz um and with that you get all of our showdown tools so ownership uh, Osmo's top plays and then obviously showdown projections, rankings, all that, along with the main slate uh, express top stacks tool. So uh, it's a really, really great deal. If you guys are in a showdown, I know a lot of casual people like showdown and a lot of uh, pros and uh, people really serious about DFS like showdown as well. Um, a lot of people say that their ROIs are higher in showdown. Um, people that are grinding this day and, and day out because there is so much casual money. So if you guys are thinking about becoming members, if you want to get into the premium Slack, this is the cheapest package we have. And it's a pretty good offer. We just added in all of our showdown content. Um, so I think it's a steal. Take advantage if you're thinking about signing up and then get in Slack when you do, because there's people talking all, all kinds of things. Um, but there, there's also some DFS and betting talk uh, going on in there as well. On, on a side note, um, I've started playing showdown cash games and very, very small sample, but it's seemed pretty soft. Just play the awesome, the, the awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, play, play cash lineup, but, uh, yeah, I mean like posting head, like head to heads actually sell. Like yesterday I <laughs> forgot to even post them until a couple hours before the game. And, uh, I sold, you know, a decent amount of them. So that that's nice getting to play against like people that aren't, regulars and then uh 50 50s have been pretty easy so far yeah that, ma- that makes sense i mean i'm sure people overthink it in showdown all the time or just like don't realize like when there's a q tag next to a guy that guy just like doesn't get played yeah and this roster construction is still kind of different so people make mistakes i think yeah yeah absolutely showdown's awesome man but it is it's cr- like i i haven't decided if i should just not check for the rest of the day or like the rest of the game right when the game starts because you can't you can't do anything you can't right and then everything changes so quickly and like with because of the captain spot you don't even really know what you're rooting for like mm-hmm. other than your, your captain like, yeah the one i lost was uh i had i think we had the same lineup just different captains and then there was a running back camara catch at the end um last right. play of the game I ended up losing uh, a couple <laughs> couple nights on uh monday night so yeah it was uh not great but did it with the tools on the site and uh, got close. And that's all you can really do. Give yourself a chance to get lucky every once in a while. Closing out this Houston Tampa Bay game. Um, I've got the ownership pulled up for these guys and nothing's really sticking out too much from a hitting perspective. I will say like the catchers are getting basically no ownership Zunino and Maldonado. Um, so if you are stacking, maybe guys you want to uh, work in here, there's four guys that are under 10% ownership 
uh, oh, that's on FanDuel um, because the catchers never get played over there. I usually play catchers on FanDuel because they get really, really low ownership. Um, looking at the DK ownership, uh, one guy under 10% ownership. Can you guess who that is? Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick, indeed. Uh, 2900 bucks. I mean, righty-lefty matchup. I, I don't know why he would be getting completely overlooked, um, but there, there's a bunch of guys in here that are under 20%. Is, do any of these ownerships not make sense to you, or is this kind of in line with what you're thinking? It's pretty much in line with what I'm thinking. Um, I, I do think Kyle Tucker may be a little bit lower owned than he should be. Morton's biggest weakness this season, and again, small sample size, and it's not necessarily something that's plagued him in the past, but really had issues with left-handed power. Um, 210 ISO allowed, 211 expected ISO. You get Kyle Tucker most likely hitting fifth here. Got power from the left side, only 17% ownership on DraftKings at 3,800. Uh, and he comes with stolen base upside as well. So I, I do like Kyle Tucker a lot. Darrell in chat says you are all aware that DraftKings site is not closing the contest. I don't know if you're referring to FanDuel. Um, FanDuel is not paid out as far as I know. DraftKings, I don't think, has paid out college football. And apparently, oh. K- apparently KBO. Um, I didn't know people were still playing that, but somebody told me that they haven't paid it out. Really? Um, okay. So some yeah, I, I won a $100 bet with a friend yesterday because he said that DraftKings wouldn't pay out the main NFL slate because their scoring would be down. And the scoring was just never down at any point. So it was a... Pretty yeah, because I think DK had a similar message. Um, or no, it was just because of the, the previous night. They were yeah. fine for MMA. and they Yeah, were, it was fine for MMA. They had issues with college football, but then the NFL was fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming DraftKings has it figured out. Uh, Uzi says, what's the Twitter that posted FanDuel results? That's Fantasy Cruncher. I think it's just at Fantasy Cruncher. FC Dave um, is posting some of the winners. Uh, because he has that power and apparently FanDuel does not. I'm like they could do that by hand too. Like if they just had a few people go through the box scores, I'm assuming they could probably get that done uh relatively quickly, but they're probably just waiting on some massive sync that they need with their live scoring provider. Um maybe they don't want to do it by hand because they uh don't want that liability if they mess something up. Um let's go to Atlanta and the LA Dodgers here. Which series are you more intrigued by? Just from a, a viewing perspective, are you watching a lot of these games? You plan on um, watching? I haven't been watching too much. I'll probably watch more now because you know, one one less sport with basketball being mm-hmm. over. But uh, more intrigued by the Dodgers Braves just because they have so many hitters that I really like. Yeah, uh, just stacked lineups on both sides. Um, Freed and Walker Bueller are going to start today. Three point seven implied total for the Braves. Four point four. For the Dodgers, Dodgers about minus 140 favorites. Going to be the A-plus lineups because we're talking about the playoffs here. So that's a good part uh, about playing these two gamers when there's a late game. Uh, half the slate locks four hours later. Um, you pretty much know who's going to play. There might be one or two guys that you need to swap out. And so there will be some dead lineups if uh, people just don't swap. Um, so you're going to see some of these guys at like 3 or 4%. If they don't end up being in the lineup, just be aware of that just play guys that are in the lineup. Give yourself a chance to uh, get a positive score and you're going to be ahead of a good chunk of the field, especially at uh, lower stakes. Freed going up against the the Dodgers here. I mean, just one of the best lineups that we've seen recently. Um, even their lefties are strong versus lefties. See your Muncie and, uh, and Cody Bellinger. The rest of the guys are going to be righties, six righties going up against Freed. Um, it, 
I guess he's got to be our least favorite option here, but is there any merit in playing him uh, over on DraftKings? Yeah, I mean, he's the one pitcher that on DraftKings we have projected for lower ownership than his top two pitcher percentage. Alex actually has his top two percentage higher than Morton, which I personally don't think I agree with, but um, it should at least be close. And the ownership gap is is pretty big. So um, from an ownership standpoint, I think Freed makes sense. I do think he's the fourth best option as far as just you know what you're expecting. The Dodgers are a pretty difficult team to strike out. They have tons of power from both sides of the plate. As you said, Freed comes in with the lowest strikeout percentage on the slate this year at 22.3%. It is worth mentioning that he struck out 24.5% of righties compared to 14.5% of lefties because you do expect that you'll get a, a mostly right-handed lineup from the Dodgers. So that can drive up his strikeout percentage a little bit. But, you know, that being said, you're, you're still not excited that you get the face Mookie bets and Justin Turner and, and Will Smith and all these guys. So um, really, really tough spot for him. But if the ownership stays where it is, I think that it's he, he's probably going a little bit on their own. Did you say he struck out 14% of lefties? This season, yeah. That is? Wow. So it's a changeup then, I'm assuming, is what he throws. I, um, uh, he th- throws his curveball le- less okay. to lefties. Le- and and last year, so I mean, the thing, last year he struck out 29% of lefties. This year he's wow. at 14 and a half. 60 games is nothing. Like, right. th- this is crazy. Some of these numbers yeah. you're seeing. I mean, he, he, he threw 33% as many pitches to lefties as he did last season. Okay. So m- my assumption is that he's going to just strike out both sides. But um, if you look at like his his average strikeout percentage this season is brought down by his inability to strike out lefties for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, any hitters you want to single out uh, that that grade out well against Freed? Uh, I know it's all these guys, but yeah, anyone, so all of them. Bottom, the, bottom yeah. of the lineup, like seven, eight, nine. You have yeah, I love going to the bottom of the Dodgers lineup, especially on shorter slates where the opportunity cost isn't as high because they're just one of these teams and the Braves are the same way where naturally you're just going to get lower ownership at the bottom of the order because people don't want to play guys at the bottom of the order. They project a little bit lower because of the, the at-bat expectations, but you still have a bunch of power with guys like Pollock, with Taylor, with Hernandez. These guys all can do damage. Um, Hernandez does come with pinch hit risk, which is you know a problem, but he's also really cheap, so whatever. Uh, but you know, yeah, you're just going to get a little bit of an ownership discount going to the bottom of the order you can be you know a little bit more contrary in that way so I, I think that's good um freed really did a good job of, of limiting power this year again small sample but 0.32 home runs per nine um expected iso below 100 to both sides of the plate this season so nobody i think is going to grade out as like is especially likely to hit a home run but you know again you're, you're just talking about really good hitters from the dodgers so i'm not really concerned about what freed's actual home run numbers are you know, over, over the season. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I don't one games or uh, yeah. One game sample, two games slate. Like yeah. you just need Freed to basically survive to give you a chance of being in the optimal lineup. And then he'd be a guy that I'd be willing to take two guys against. Um, it's just really hard to imagine not having Dodgers in your, like at least sprinkled into your lineups here. Yeah. And um, you mentioned the left hand, the bats too. That's the spot that, you know, with how good the Dodgers lefties are, I'm not sure if you'll get that ownership discount lefty lefty or not. But like right now we have Bellinger at 20% projected ownership, Muncie at 19, uh, Seager a little higher at 31. But you have to assume that if Freed were just right-handed and basically the same mm-hmm. pitcher other than that, that those ownership numbers would be higher. And you look at those lefties, Bellinger this season, 228 expected ISO against lefties, Muncie, 244, Seager, 228. Like these guys still have tons of power against lefties. So in addition to using the bottom of the order, going to these lefties, you're going to get a little bit of ownership discount, I think. 
Daryl again says, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but you were promoting an MLB, a Monday MLB slate with the weekend MLB slate not paying out. Uh, so I guess they didn't pay out some MLB slates uh, no, this I weekend. Not I don't promoting know what to tell anything, you. though, and this guy's still watching. So Yeah, I don't know what to tell <laughs> you. I mean, we just do uh, what we're told uh, to, to some extent, at least. So can't really control that. Uh, they will make it right at some point. Um, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I I guess I don't keep a ton of money in my account, so I'm like used to depositing every once in a while um, because you're going to have a, a downswing. But for like people that have like 200 bucks in their account and they play most of it in the NFL and then they don't get paid out, like that's that's on them for losing out on customers. Yeah, smaller volume customers, but I'm sure there was a ton of that going on. Um, so they, like they want to pay you out. They want to keep turning your money over anyways, so it's obviously they're having an issue. You can't really do anything about it. We certainly can't do anything about it. Uh, so we're just going to keep chugging along, talking about DK, FanDuel, Yahoo, whatever site you guys want to talk about, because that's what we're paid to do. Bueller 8,500 going up against the Braves. Not a very good matchup. I was trying to pull up Bueller's uh, start in the playoffs or his couple starts in the playoffs and Fangraphs was not uh, cooperating, but looking at, um, him in the regular season uh, didn't get started until uh, the 28th of July. I guess that's when most guys got started, but um, didn't have a ton of starts this season. A um, little bit of an uneven year for Bueller only went six innings. Let's see one time. It looks like, but he had 11 strikeouts. Um, Bueller against the Braves. He's our number one pitcher in the top pitcher tool. Uh is there anything you don't like about this matchup with the Braves uh, relative to the rest of these matchups? Yeah, I was going to say, other than that, he's, you know, facing the Braves now. Um, I, I do think it's good to see that you got 95 pitches out of him last start. Only went four innings against the Padres in that one, but the pitch count's important just because it's clearly not limited. He'd been dealing with blister issues uh, at the end of the regular season basically for like the entire last month of the regular season, and so it was kind of keeping his pitch counts down, but now clearly fully stretched out, which is really good to see. Hopefully he can be a little bit more pitch efficient and go a little bit deeper into this game. But um, one thing about the Braves too, is that while they do have a lot of power, which Bueller actually did struggle with over the the limited season this year, 1.7 home runs per nine, but uh, along with that power does come a lot of strikeouts. Um, Acuna will strike out, uh, Diarno is tough to strike out, but Swanson, Duvall, Riley, like these guys all do give you strikeouts. So it's not quite the same Braves team as we had had in previous years where they were really tough to strike out. Now they're really dangerous, but they do still, but, but they do actually have strikeouts. So I think it, it looks good for Bueller in, in that regard as well. Uh, comes in with the highest strikeout percentage on the slate at 28 and a half percent. So everything I think, you know, looks good. Yeah. Um, There's an issue with our projections page, but looking like, Alex got it uh, fixed here since we've been on um, Bueller projects just uh, like less than a point higher than the rest of these guys. So I, I think pitching matters very little today. Like yep. You're going to land. If you play a bunch of lineups, you're going to land on the optimal construction. Um, and so I think what I would plan on doing is just not going crazy with any one of these guys. They're, like I said, I think they're pretty interchangeable, uh, all projecting between 13.4 points and 16.2 um, in baseball um, with with the results not being normally distributed. Like you said earlier, Adam, um, these guys can be all over the place. So I wouldn't worry too much. I would try to focus on hitters and um, 
you know, trying to get different. So is there anyone on the Braves that strikes you as a pretty good tournament play? So kind of mentioned it when we talked about the Dodgers, but the Braves are another team that I like using the bottom of the order to to be different. You know, obviously they're going to project a little bit lower, but um, you, you still have legitimate power down there. Um, Austin Riley only projected for 16% ownership. Adam Duvall at 16%. Marquecas only coming in at 6%. Marquecas, the the least power out of that group, but these guys are cheap. They have power. They'll, they'll make your lineup a little bit different. So obviously you're, looking to roster Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, uh, D'Arno, you know, these guys at the top of the order. D'Arno takes up the catcher position for you. I would expect most of the catcher ownership is coming from this game between D'Arno and, and Will Smith. But mixing in these lower order guys, particularly Duval and Riley, that can very easily get into one and, and you know, hit one out at low ownership, I think is a good approach in tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. Um just trying to look up some results of the last two gamer we had. I want to say it was, let's see, there was a night slate uh, a few nights ago and just kind of see what the winning construction looks like. I'm guessing it's not going to be that crazy. Uh, it was the Yankees uh, and then the Dodgers um, were the two. So it was, must've been Dodgers against someone and then the Yankees against the Rays. Um, this was last week. It was basically just a five man, uh, Yankees stack, Higashioka, LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, Aaron Hicks, Brett Gardner. Uh, and then on the Dodgers side, it was Betts, Turner, Bellinger. So no pitchers against hitter can be done. Um, I would still like to include that um, just because you're probably going to, like you're going to be a 1v1 or 2v2 away from it anyways, if you're throwing a bunch of bullets at these top heavy tournaments. So um, just being different, like there might be eight people that have the 5-3 stack but if you're the one or two that just changes one spot, um, you're in a better spot long-term, even though it might not always work out with that negative correlation. Um, anything else you want to mention on the slate? Otherwise we can start to get on out of here. No, I mean, I think just to keep in mind, you know, again, it's a two game baseball slate. So not only is it two games, but it's in a sport that inherently has a ton of variance. So I really just wouldn't worry too much about, uh, like, like you were saying, you know, I, I think a lot of things that you would do that make you uncomfortable from a roster construction standpoint, or maybe that are a little bit suboptimal in terms of correlation are going to be outweighed by the fact that it's just giving you a, a different lineup. So I, I, you know, two game baseball slate, I wouldn't worry too much about most of the the rules that you kind of use for, for building lineups in general. Um, it's more of just, you know, getting to try, trying to find ways to be different. Yep. Relax the settings on the optimizer if you're using Fantasy Cruncher. Um, other than that, yeah, just differentiate maybe one or two spots that you're hitting. I don't think pitching matters too much. Um, I wouldn't – like there's no reliever that I'm really targeting. Maybe you get an idea that you could get a, a 4K reliever or something later in the day. Uh, but these guys can all go pretty deep. Um, so, like – trying to pick a guy that's not even maybe going to pitch is always difficult. You're, you're outsmarting yourself a little bit. So um, wouldn't necessarily target relievers. If you feel really good about one, go for it. But it, it's not like you get extra points for picking a reliever. They still need to get probably a couple innings and a bunch of strikeouts. And uh, that's not really something I'm interested in trying to, to figure out. So differentiate on the bats a little bit. Top pitcher tool is free again today. There's only four pitchers to choose from, but some pretty good information. I'll put that in chat. Uh, I see a bunch of you have already hit the like button. That helps us out a ton. Even though we got a small crew today, chat brought it per usual. Um, other than that, 
uh, loaded day of shows coming on. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, that's in 20 minutes. We've got Lafayette and Matt, uh, Matt G. NFL Showdown Strategy Show. If you're playing Showdown tonight and you want to get that express pass and uh, use that to the best of your abilities, you're going to make sure to tune into that show. After that, Adam's back on with Lafayette and Josh talking about week five NFL DFS. The season's already flying by, even with all the, uh, the positive COVID tests. We'll see. I, I mean, we're planning on having an NFL game tonight and tomorrow. We'll see if that actually happens. I'm sure we'll have a bunch of showdown strategy and uh, articles for tomorrow. If that game goes off, we've got uh, PGA DFS first look. We've got MLB Live Before Lock with Josh Engelman and Team B, Terry McBride. That locks at uh, 4.07 p.m. Eastern. If you guys have any questions, feel free to uh, reach out to us in premium Slack. Otherwise, uh, we will see you back here soon. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>